What's up, y'all? It's JLP, the host of Mastering Single Podcast, coming to you with this brand new episode. Hope you had a wonderful Thanksgiving. I hope that you enjoyed the meal, but most importantly, I hope that you were filled with gratitude in your heart towards the Lord and His goodness. Because honestly, that's what it's all about being thankful for all the blessings that God has given us, but most importantly, being thankful for God Himself, being thankful for His very nature, which is our greatest blessing. And so I hope that. This Thanksgiving brought you memories of God's faithfulness and all he has done for you, for your loved ones, for those you care about. And again, y'all, I just want to thank you for tuning in every Friday. That means a lot to me. It's such a pleasure and honor to be able to pour into you from the word of God to encourage you and challenge you as well on your journey of life. For tonight's episode, for those of you who are mainly lovers of podcasts, you prefer to listen to teachings besides Uh, watching them online you prefer to listen to them without the visual aids i want to go ahead and share with you the recap to this year's mastering single conference and so i want you to relax i want you to make yourself comfortable because we're taking it back to this year's mastering single conference hope you are blessed by this message and if you are make sure that you leave us a review or a comment at apple's podcast And remember, y'all, all things are possible with Christ Jesus. Just stick around and listen to the message. May it bless you. And one thing I love about God is that when he places it in your heart to come to a place or to come to an event, to come to a meeting, it was already scheduled in heaven. Amen? Amen? There's nothing that happens by coincidences. As a matter of fact, in the book of Micah, there's a particular verse which God himself, he says, I will never forget what they have done. He says, I will never forget what they have done. When you may see people forget something that you did for them, God has never forgotten anything that you have done for him and for other people. Maybe some of you guys are familiar with the passage where Jesus himself, he said, If you gave a person a water to drink, right, you are giving it to him. Because even a little thing, a little gesture as giving someone a water to drink, in the eyes of God is a big deal. It's such a big deal if he says again, you are giving it to him. And so when we go to heaven, there are certain things to you, it may seem little, it may seem miniature, it may seem, again, like insignificant, but in the eyes of God, it means a lot. And so that is an encouragement for you guys as well. I know I didn't get to the prayer yet, but I believe that the Holy Spirit is sharing things he wants me to go ahead and share with you. This is an encouragement to you as well to not look at the um, quantity, but to look at the quality and to also measure the things that you do and measure the things that other people do based on their intentions, based on their motives, and based on their heart posture, amen? Based on their character. And so I just want us to just really prepare our hearts to receive a message that the Holy Spirit will be speaking to me and through me in order for me to share with all of you who are present here in person for the Mastering Single Conference and for those of you guys who are watching via facebook.com forward slash LP Network. And as well, those of you who will catch the replay, I welcome you because we are about to get started. I'm excited to see what the Lord has in store for us. Again, I just want to go ahead and welcome all of you guys who are present. 
this evening. And again, I want to welcome for those of you guys who are watching virtually. If you don't mind, I just want you guys to stand on your feet. I just want you guys to stand on your feet right now. And I just want you to close your eyes as I begin to pray and just really ask the Holy Spirit to manifest his presence in this place. And for him to begin to even talk to you, even before we talk about love defined tonight, which is the theme of this year's conference, I want for the Holy Spirit to open your heart and to dialogue with you personally as I go ahead and pray aloud. Holy Spirit of God, we thank you. We welcome you in this place. We thank you because you have already gone before us. Before we step foot in this place, you have already gone before us. You have already prepared, Lord God, what it is that you are going to share through me, O oh God, in order to encourage the brothers and sisters, Lord God, who are present in person, and for those who are watching the live broadcast, and even for those who will catch the replay at a later date. Holy Spirit, I pray you would open the eyes of our understanding to understand your word tonight and to understand as well from a biblical perspective, the term when it comes to love. I pray, God, that as we begin to dialogue together, that you will bless us to have a better understanding of love, Lord God. That you will bless us to have your understanding of love and not the world's understanding of love, not the flesh understanding of love. For those, perhaps, Lord God, who find themselves discouraged, I pray, God, as we begin, Lord God, this conference, that you would begin to eradicate the discouragement that's within their hearts or that's within their mind. I know some people are tormented, Lord, especially during this time of year. Some people, they're looking at the calendar and they're saying, my goodness, this year is almost over. There were so many things I was expecting to happen for this year. I don't know how my 2023 is going to be. I'm feeling like giving up. I'm feeling like throwing up the towel. I pray, oh God, that even as we, Lord God, have this conference, that you would begin, Lord God, to supernaturally, Lord God, encourage them. Supernaturally, Lord God, bless their dead dreams to come back to life. I pray, Holy Spirit of God, that you would increase in me in my decrease. May it not be me who's speaking, oh God, but may it be you speaking through me. Bless your people, Lord God. Touch your people. Answer the heart's desires according to your word, God, as they take the light in you tonight. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 You may be seated. Before I begin the meat of the keynote message for the conference, I want to just go back in time to share, you know, a quick backstory of how the conference came to be, and as well in particular concerning the Master and Single World podcast. Some of you have heard about the podcast, some of you guys are loyal listeners to the podcast, which I greatly appreciate it. Honestly, it's an honor to be able to impart to the people of God, exhort them, encourage them. Because I believe that this is what the Lord has placed me on the earth to do, is to enter courage into you. If you were to ask me once, what is one of my gifts, I would say my gift in particular is encouragement. In particular is edification. If you feel like you're having a bad day, or perhaps if you feel like, again, you, know, you don't want to proceed forward in life, or you don't think everything is possible, I want to be that sister in Christ to give you that encouragement to know, again, all things are possible with Christ Jesus. And so in particular, the podcast came to be because me personally, I found myself in 2019 beginning to be a little discouraged concerning my singlehood, right? I began to be a little discouraged concerning my marital status. 
And to be honest with you, I was never really the type of girl who had, you know, pictures of, you know, boys from magazine posting it on the wall in their room. You know, I never really had, you know, a boy crazy moment in my life. But however, you know, as time began to progress and as you began to get older, you guys know what I'm talking about. You have little, you know, you have some people in your, your life, you know, perhaps you have some sisters of yours, some brothers of yours. They think that age is going up and they're like, when are you going to get married? <laughs> are you talking to anybody? Why are you by yourself? You know, when are you going to give me grandkids? And so even though you as a person, you are confident with yourself, you know, I'm telling you the truth, like, I was very content with my relationship with God, and I was content in my singleness. But at times, the people who mean well, sometimes, even though they mean well, they start to really convince you as if they're missing something, or perhaps it would be better if you have an addition in your life. And a lot of people in society, they think for your life to be better, you always have to have, what do they call this? They call it a companion, right? You always have to have a partner. And so during that time in 2019, it was even actually around this time, I would say, around perhaps uh, December, November-ish, I was feeling a bit discouraged. And I remember laying down in bed. And I began to just, you know, scroll using uh, social media and as well as different sources to just read some life codes, encouragement, to be able to encourage myself, right? You know, the Bible, David, at times when he felt very discouraged, the Bible says he would encourage himself in the Lord. And so I began to talk to my own soul and spirit to encourage myself and as well as to read other encouraging words from other people. But I began to realize, even though I was scrolling up and reading all of these, I'm telling you, these words were wonderful. But they were just not hitting my spirit the way I wanted it to hit my spirit. I still feel kind of weary when it came to my season of singlehood. And I remember I was having this dialogue with God, and I was like, I didn't really even ask him a question in particular, but I remember I was again saying, God, I surrender my will for yours, whatever it is that you have for me, that is what I will accept, okay? And so I continued to still scroll up in my phone and minding my own, own business. All of a sudden, I hear this voice saying to me, go to this individual's Instagram profile and see if she does not post a post of her engagement. And this particular individual, she's a sister that I was praying a lot for. And mind you, I don't know her in person, right? I don't know her personally, but from a distance, you know, I was inspired by her walk because she herself, she was single for quite some time and she wanted to do her singlehood in a godly fashion. And she was as well a young woman who wanted to save herself until marriage to be intimate in that way, amen? And so when I saw the way she was unashamed to talk about these things, even when it comes to her fan base, even when it comes to those who follow her online, I said, you know what? I'm going to go ahead and even start praying for her as well. I'm going to go ahead and ask the Lord to bring you know, an amazing man of God to be her helpmate. And I'm telling you guys, brothers and sisters, after I heard that voice, I immediately did not hesitate, but I chose even when I was feeling discouraged myself, I chose to go straight to that person's Instagram page. And surely behold, the first picture that I saw when I went to her Instagram page was in fact a page picture of her announcing her engagement. Since when that happened, y'all, I said to myself, you know what? I'm not gonna stress myself, I'm not gonna worry 
about my marital status, and not just my marital status, but I'm not gonna worry about any matter in my life because that encounter that I had that day, it showed me truly that God is real. I always knew he was real, but there are certain encounters that you have with God, it humbles you again. You know, he humbles you again in his faithfulness, and he tells you, daughter, you know, I'm still here. I see what you're going through. I see your heart, and I want to encourage you. And during that day, I said, you know, God lifted me up so much and gave me a booster in my faith to not worry about my marriage status. But I said, I want to encourage other people in the Lord to not, you know, worry about where they are in life, okay? And I said to myself, this is actually challenging me to do what? Master my trust in God. See, there's a level that you have when it comes to your trusting in God. There's a level that we have, for example, we trust God in one season, but we find ourselves in the next season because there's a lot of things that are happening that is not going as planned. We get discouraged, and then guess what? We stop trusting God. We're like, oh my goodness, is God even real? Does God even care about me? But there are other times where God wants us personally as his sons and daughters to master our trust in him. And that is where the vision for Master Single Podcast came to be. I wanted to encourage not only myself, but other people to master their trust in God. Meaning no matter what season you find yourself in, you're going to trust God in the good times. And you're going to trust God in the bad times. And you're going to have a faith like Abraham. Amen. You're going to have a faith like Abraham. You're going to say, even when I cannot see it, I'm going to continue to do what? You're going to continue to do what? You're going to continue to trust in God. Because God, he cannot fail when it comes to his word. You see, certain things that God said, it's not even certain things. Everything that God has said in his word, it is a promise from him. And do you know if God breaks even one promise, that means he is not faithful? And so whatever it is that God has proclaimed in his word, you must accept it at your very core to know this thing right here that God has declared, no matter how you feel, no matter what you see, no matter what other people are saying about you or no matter what people are doing in their life, it is surely going to come to pass. Amen. And so we started the podcast, as I said to you, this was a whole backstory, back in 2018. And this coming February of 2023, we're going to be five years old. But truly, brothers and sisters in Christ, God has truly maximized the vision to a different level, to a higher level. We want to reach more and more people with this message. Because as you can see, time is of the essence. The days are getting shorter. And the days are getting more evil. For example, in Matthew 24, uh, verse 12, this is what it says. It says, because of the increase of wickedness, the love of most will grow cold. That means it's almost as if there's a lack of love, right, in the world. And you can see there's a lack of love in the world to a greater capacity, to a greater degree, because no matter where you are, it seems like people, again, they're short-tempered. People have no self-control. People don't care about you. Perhaps you try to get out this door and this person sees that you're right behind them. 
They purposely allow the Lord to hit you in your face. They don't even say, sister, are you good? Brother, are you good? This is what the Bible is telling us in Matthew 24, verse 12. It says that the world, because of all the wickedness, people, they won't have, they won't have love in their heart. Their heart becomes wax cold. And if you are a brother and sister in Christ, if you call yourself a child of God, if you gave Jesus your life, he tells us the only way you are truly his son or daughter is the way, in fact, that you love. Your very essence as a son and daughter of God should, should show everybody in the world that you belong to him. I'm going to say this again. Your very essence as a son or daughter of God should show everybody that you belong to him. And this is why, again, I wanted to talk about love defined this year. But before I even go to the meat of this message called love defined, I want to go ahead and take it back again. For those of you who are new to the Mastering Singlehood Conference, to the Mastering Singlehood Podcast, because I'm aware some of you guys are catching us online. Well, again, you guys who are here, you're listening to me now. But I want to be fair and share with you certain things that we discussed in years prior, very briefly. One of the first messages that I went ahead and shared was basically focusing on seeing your, seeing your first assignment in life as you knowing who you are in Christ. For example, many people, I don't know what it is, but many people, even when they start becoming a preteen or teenager, it's like the world and society puts such a great um, admiration on love and relationship than singlehood that everybody just can't wait to be in a relationship. You have 13-year-old, 14-year-old, even 12-year-olds dating. And I say to myself, do you know what you're getting yourself into? How can you enter relationships? How can you date if you have no clue who the heck you are? <laughs> Am I wrong, y'all? I see some people like, where you going with this, JLP? But seriously, how can you walk alongside another individual if you yourself you do not know who you are? And so our first session, we began to really dissect on this topic. And I began to show people during that session that it is a must, it is necessary for every individual to have a season of singlehood. And first of all, let me tell you why. Besides twins, nobody was born with another person. You came to the world as a single, you're leaving the world as a single. And so that shows us that singlehood has great value. It's not lesser than if you are single, okay? But unfortunately, and this breaks my heart, society doesn't look at it that way. As a matter of fact, society don't even truly teach people about singlehood and what they should be doing in season of singlehood. Yes, we know one aspect of it is that we should use our singlehood, especially those of us who desire to be in a marriage, to prepare for marriage, and that is true. But singlehood is not just about preparing for marriage. Your season of singlehood is about discovering who you are in Christ. And as you have that curiosity to discover who you are in Christ, God himself, seeing your curiosity and your faith, he begins to reveal to you more of who he is. And the more you began to really acknowledge the Lord, and the more you began to really seek after him, he also, in turn, reveals you yourself. 
Many people, they are not self-aware of themselves. And I'll tell you one of the reasons that they're not self-aware of themselves is because many people in this world, they don't know Christ. They don't know God. And secondly, and secondly, they didn't give themselves the choice or the opportunity to learn about themselves. It's almost as if people hate themselves. Because why are you so in a rush to know others if you don't get to learn about yourself? One of the mysteries that I see that is so profound is that when you actually master yourself, you will not be mastered by anybody. That's a nugget right there for those of you guys who caught that online. When you master yourself, you won't be mastered by anybody. With the exception of God, of course. But you won't be mastered by another individual. You won't be mastered by your flesh. You won't be mastered by this world system. You won't be mastered by your feelings. Amen? When you began to truly master yourself, meaning you really intentionally set time to be in the word of God, to pray to the Lord, you will see that you become unstoppable. This is not to say that life becomes easier for you in a way. It becomes manageable. I'm not saying that you're going to be free from pain. I'm not saying you're going to be free from sufferance. But the beautiful thing that I am saying to you today, when you master yourself, you will truly live in freedom. Amen? You will truly live in freedom. You will truly have peace. The world that we live in is a backward world for bad reasons. I'm going to quickly share this with you. The kingdom of God is a backward kingdom as well. This world is a backward kingdom as well. I'm going to show you. In this world, they show you, for example, you will receive true freedom, you will receive true peace by becoming your own God. Amen? That's backward from their perspective. This is from their perspective of how to attain freedom, how to attain peace, and how to attain joy, and how to live in their truth. The kingdom of light, which is the kingdom of God, is also a backward kingdom. And the reason why I'm using that term backwards is to show you how sometimes it don't make no sense, right? And the kingdom of God, it shows you in the word, the word, that God must be your God. Because when God is your God, everything else does what in your life? It falls into place. He gives you exactly what you need. He is a fair God. He is a just God. He is a merciful God. He is a loving God. Everything that God reveals to us about singlehood, about marriage, about relationship, is not for us to be in prison. It's not for us to live a boring life, but it's for our own good. Amen? Sadly, many people, even my age and even younger, unfortunately, we live in a society, we live in a culture, especially with social media. You don't really see things about the kingdom of light being promoted. And so by default, what you're seeing being promoted is the kingdom of darkness. It is the world way of doing things. And unfortunately, the way that the world does things causes more pain and suffering than the way that we should, than the way that the kingdom of God does things. Amen? And so this is one of the reasons as well 
I do my best with the grace of God to be able to study the word of God, to see what God has to say about singlehood, see what God has to say about marriage, see what God has to say about dating, and even the topic about sex as well. Because to be honest with you guys, there's so many things that the world is telling even your children that the world should not even be telling your children. You yourself as their parents should be talking to them about these topics in order for you to save them from the trap of evil, amen? And so if we don't take the necessary time to study the scriptures to our children to, and, and to share these truths with our friends, with our loved ones, guess, guess who's responsible? They're not just responsible for their own actions, but you too, you are responsible as well because God, even in his word, you know, um, the, the Holy Spirit through Apostle Paul, he says that we as believers, we are supposed to exhort one another. We are supposed to write hymns, write messages. We're supposed to teach one another in order to build each other up. And so if you think that you could live a life of a Christian and you never try to share the truth with a brother or sister in Christ, guess what? You're fooling yourself. In a way, the Bible is saying you fool yourself. As a Christian, you have a duty. You have a responsibility, not only for you to uphold the word of God, but you must share the word of God with other people. Amen? And so, as I was talking about the backward thing, this world is backwards. The kingdom of God is backward, but in a good way. I'm going to show you how the world is backwards when it comes to the theme for tonight, love defined. The word, the world tells you that love is love. The world tells you that love is an emotion, love is a feeling. As a matter of fact, I took my time to really research the um, specific definition of love using the Merriam-Webster dictionary. And I'm gonna go ahead and really read it verbatim for you. Um, yeah, verbatim word for word for you to show you what they say love is. And you'll notice that it's completely opposite to what the Word of God says about love. The first, one of the first definitions that Miriam Wester gives us for love, it says, love is a strong affection for another arising out of kinship or personal ties. Maternal love for a child. Attraction based on sexual desire. Affection and tenderness, tenderness felt by lovers after all these years. Affection based on admiration, benevolence, common interest, and assurance of affection, warm attachment, enthusiasm, the object of attachment. There's a particular verse, uh, excuse me, not verse, but definition that says, love is unselfish, loyal, and benevolent. If you guys were paying attention as I was reading these definitions, you see, all of these definitions are straight up emotions. You don't see not one action is listed. And so you see, the world is backward. Even when it comes to giving you the direct definition of love, they miss it. Let's go ahead and see what the Word of God has to say about love. If you have your Bible, you can go ahead and open it to 1 Corinthians chapter 13. If you don't have your Bible, what are you doing? Download the YouVersion app. This is not a sponsorship, but I love that app. I'm going to go ahead and read it, uh, read it aloud. You guys can follow along with me. This is what 1 Corinthians chapter 13 says about love. We're going to start at verse 4, and we're going to continue from there. 
So 1 Corinthians chapter 13, this is what it says. It says, love is patient. Love is kind. It does not envy. It does not boast. It is not proud. It does not dishonor others. It is not self-seeking. It is not easily angered. It keeps no record of wrongs. Love does not delight in evil, but rejoices with the truth. It always protects, always trusts, always hopes, always perseveres. Straight off the bat, the word of God shows us that love is an action. And it also shows us that love is righteousness. It also shows us that love is truth. And it even shows us that love is a lifestyle. It doesn't necessarily show you love is in fact an affection or an emotion, which is fickle. One day you might be happy, one day you might be sad. But here, according to 1 Corinthians chapter 13, it shows you love is consistent. And love, look what it says in, the, in, in verse 7, 7. It says it always protects. Look at that key word, always. Always is another word, or you could say another synonym, meaning consistent right and so that shows us that love doesn't get tired love is consistent love is persistent and again it says love perseveres love when someone has true genuine love that person is like a fighter that person is persevering and doing good deeds and doing good things and so that tells us now when it comes to us defining love, genuine love can only be defined by the word of God. And for us to walk in genuine love, we have to read it according to God's word and put it to practice according to God's word. Why am I coming up with this theme? Why is it necessary for us for real, for real, you know what love is? I'm telling you the first reason. If we don't define love according to scripture. And if we don't know what love is, there's no way you can have a successful singlehood. There's no way you can have a successful relationship. And there's no way you can have a successful marriage. I'm gonna give you an example. And I'll prove it to you, how come, how so? When you look at the world, one of the trends that you see is happening, especially when it comes to the reason why people break up and the reason why people separate or get divorced, except for the instances when it's abuse. I'm not talking about abuse because the, the will of God is never for someone to be abused. I'm gonna save that message for another time. But one of the trends that I see in society, especially when it comes to celebrities and those who are in the entertainment world, and even those who are our peers when it comes to how they do relationships and so forth, you will recognize and notice that they measure love based on how they feel. They don't really measure love based on what the Bible says here. When it says to, for example, in verse six, it says love does not delight in evil, but rejoice with truth. You will see nowadays people don't care about the truth. The only thing that they care about, what I'm gonna do whatever that makes me happy. So that's an emotion right there, that's the feeling. But again, like I said earlier, feelings is fickle. And if feelings is fickle, that means, for example, if 
if someone who's in a partnership or someone who's in a relationship find themselves in a predicament where their partner, God forbid, is so sick. But because they see the partner is so sick, they notice that the partner doesn't have the same beauty that they had before. So what happens? They lose attraction to that partner. And you know what happens? They don't remember the vows that they made to that partner on the wedding day. You know what they began to, to, to think about? You know what they began to meditate on? My goodness. I'm not feeling this no more. Man, she let herself go. Or he let himself go. When someone are saying is saying these statements, these comments in that fashion, that reveals to me that person has has no clue what love is. Love has nothing to do with looks. Because when you make those vows on your wedding day, it says and sickness and and health, right? For richer or for poor. So it shows you that love does not change based upon circumstances. Amen? But unfortunately, we live in a world, we live in a society, as soon as my circumstances change, I get served with divorce papers. And some, some people, those of the, those, you know, perhaps you're not married yet, you can serve with a text message saying, I'm breaking up with you. Some of y'all don't even get the text message, you get ghosted. <laughs> they don't even give you a valid reason why they're breaking up with you. They're like, I'm just tired. I don't want to hurt your feelings, so I'm just stepping out. That's not love. What do we call that? What is going on? We as a people, we have to do better. And I'm speaking now to my brothers and sisters in Christ. And if you're not a believer, you're welcome to listen to this message. But it's in particular for those of you guys who are in the church, the body of Christ, we have to do better. We cannot see love from the worldly perspective. It is up to us to display true love to the world in order to win souls to the kingdom and as well as in order for the world too to be captivated by true love so much so you see society begins to change. You see the, the environment begins to change. This is what's happening. Like we read before earlier before in Matthew 24 verse 12 because of the increase of wickedness the love of most will grow cold what does that mean as well you know what this means because we as believers we're not doing our job to increase love in the world you know what we do at times because we see the world is going more crazy we're like you know what I'm, I'm good I have Jesus come Jesus come rapture me up can't wait to go to heaven. I'm free of faith, free of sin. I have everything that I will ever need. But we forget the greatest assignment that Jesus gave us is to be like him in the world. And how in the world are we like Christ in the world? By the way we love. Very quickly, I want you guys To go to this particular scripture. It's a powerful scripture. Open your Bible. 
Bibles to Acts 17, verse 28. Again, if you don't have the word with you, it's okay. I'm going to be reading it aloud. Acts 17, verse 28. This is what it says. For in him we live and move and have our being. Right? This is Paul speaking. But he's saying in Christ we live and move and have our being. Stay with me now. Stay with me. I want you to go ahead and highlight that. We're going to touch another, another verse very quickly. I want you to see how these verse correlates. Okay? If you go ahead now and turn your Bible pages to verse uh, 4. Excuse me, not verse 4, but John 15, verse 4. This is Jesus speaking. He says, remain in me as I also remain in you. No branch can bear fruit by itself. It must reign in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. Amen? Amen. What is one of the main aspects of our Christian faith? What does the Bible tell us about Jesus? What, the, what does Jesus truly represent the Bible? The Bible lets us know, even for us as believers, the only way we can experience love is by doing what? Is by accepting the only begotten Son of God. One of the things that unfortunately I see a lot of people miss is that they see as if because God is love that God is going to accept every type of wickedness. That's not how it works. God is love, but God is also a God of justice. God is love, but God is also a God of truth, a God of order, a God of righteousness. Love doesn't mean for us to satisfy our fleshly desires. Love doesn't mean for us to do only things that make us feel good, but love is in fact you are paying attention as well to the brother and sister. Making sure what you're doing is not a stumbling block upon them. Making sure what you're doing is not going to cause your brother or sisters to sin. The Bible shows us that we can only experience the love of God. How can we experience the love of God? We can only experience the love of God in Christ. Not outside of Christ. Amen? And so when we go back to the meat of the message for tonight at this year's Master of Sinkhood Conference, you will see that there is no way we can properly define love. Again, if we do not see Christ himself as the embodiment of love, he's a personification of love. And without him, you are walking blind. You're not even walking in love at all. You're walking in darkness. You're walking in deception. You're not walking in truth. And so because you're not walking in truth, that means you're not walking in light to see. So anything that you see, even though perhaps you think it's truth, is actually deadly to you. It's poison to you. It's toxic to you. Amen? But when you see that again, for you to experience genuine love and for you as well to pour out genuine love to other people. You have to go back to the basics. You have to know who Christ is. You have to give Jesus your life. And you have to become like Jesus on the earth. The Bible says that we are Christ's representative on the earth. And so when somebody sees you, 
Or when somebody sees me, they don't see you. They don't see me. They see Jesus. And that's the message that a lot of people don't want to hear nowadays. True love. True love is passionate. True love, it requires sacrifice. It requires selflessness. People don't want to be selfless no more. People don't want to be passionate in a good way no more. People want what they want. Only what they want. For us to continue to define love, we have to see love as well. It's about reciprocity. It's mutual. I'm going to give you an example. People in the world, even though they didn't give Jesus Christ their life, unfortunately, when someone dear to them passed away, they say, all right, keep it. When scripture tells us that Jesus is the Prince of Peace, the only way you're going to be resting is if you're resting in him by giving your life to him. Amen? Amen. This is setting some people free tonight. I don't want to be that sister to lie to you and tell you that everybody who dies is going straight to him. I don't want to be that sister. I want to be that sister that tells you the truth that, so that way you can be set free. So that way, God forbid, if you pass away, you know where you're going. People lie to yourself and say that is love. And they are the one that's causing you to go straight to the to, to hell. They're telling you everything you want to hear. And they refuse to tell you the very thing that's going to set you free. Another thing people always say when it comes to Jesus, our Lord and Savior, they say Jesus was friends of sinners. He ate with sinners. And I always say to some people, okay, that is true. Because again, when it comes to love, remember, he is the personification of love. Jesus is not only the word of God incarnate, meaning the word of God in flesh, but he's also love that is walking in human form. And so, of course, like we read in 1 Corinthians chapter 13, love is patient. Love is kind. And so when he was around everybody, he was patient with them. He was kind with them. But guess what I love about my Jesus? He never lied to them. So why do we find it love when we're lying and hiding the truth from people? Jesus loves people. But never, out of all the years, like never reading all the Gospels back to back, I've never seen when Jesus did not speak the truth in love. At times we feel like Jesus only told people what they wanted to hear. That's blasphemy, is deception. Jesus told the people what would set them free, what would give them eternal life. And truly, love, this is what it does for us. It helps us to prepare for eternal life. It helps us not only prepare for eternal life, but it helps us to live this life as well, the current life that we're living in. When you properly define love, my brothers and sisters, I'm telling you, your life is going to be a blessed life. You will live in a state of peace. You will live in a state of freedom. And you don't not have to worry about being rejected by the world because again, because you know the true definition of love, you know that God, God's love fully completes you. God's love fully satisfies People in the world this is one of the things that torment them, and they don't have a name for it. 
But you will recognize some people, they have so many addictions. People are addicted to drugs. Some people are addicted to pornography. Some people are addicted to, you know, even following. Some people are addicted to, um, excuse me, uh, you know, just attention, right? So you see some people, they will do any type of thing for people to look at them, look at them, look at them. And the reason why they're doing it is not because they're not normal, but it's because there's an emptiness in them and they're trying to fill it up with all the wrong things. But the only thing that could satisfy them is true love. And as we've been discussing throughout tonight, we're showing you that true love is Jesus Christ. And for you to really walk in love, for you to really experience love, you have to see it from a biblical perspective. Very quickly, I want to share this with you. Because, you know, especially those who came in person and even those of you who are watching online, you're here for a reason. That means there are certain prayers you've been praying to God about. And I want tonight to be a night of revelation for you. I want tonight to be a night of deliverance for you. And I also want this night to be a night where God will confirm to you once more that he is with you, that he remembers you, and that he has the best for you. Amen? Amen. And so bear with me, y'all. I hope that you guys are enjoying what it is that the Holy Spirit is speaking through us tonight. Mm -hmm. I want you to see as well, again, like I said, love is about reciprocity. Love is about mutualness. Even when it comes to Jesus Christ, I'm going to tell you what Jesus did. Jesus died in our place, right? He died for you. He died for me. Because of his death, he died for past sins. He died for present sins. And he died for future sins. Amen. The Bible says that he is the complete atonement for all men. That's powerful. Sometimes we don't see truly the, the, the weight of the cross of Jesus, the death of Jesus. Jesus truly changed everything. Even though Jesus died for us, there's still a condition in our part. And sometimes this breaks my heart, but even many churches nowadays don't preach about this. God himself still wants you to reciprocate back his love to him. I'm explaining. Even when it comes to John 3, verse 16, there's a condition. It's not a promise that's unconditional. And that's a great deception right there. Many times since we're little, you hear people say God's love is unconditional. No, God is love. And so there's no evil in God. He's filled with love. He's filled with goodness. He's filled with righteousness. And that's why only God is the true judge. Because he sees everything. And only he is able to truly analyze evil for evil and good for good. Amen? But even in John 3, verse 16, you see that his love is not conditional in a way. Because he tells you to do something. He tells you to do what? Believe in his begotten son, Jesus Christ. He tells you to accept his son. That is the condition right there. That is the reciprocation right there. Yes, he gives us that open invitation. He says, here, this is what I'm doing for you. I'm bringing my son in the flesh to die in your place. But guess what? It doesn't stop there. You must do what? You must receive. You must accept. And guess what? 
Guess what we have to do and turn back to God? We must give our lives back to God as a living sacrifice. But unfortunately, many people in the church, many people who profess to be Christians, we miss that. You know what we tell people? God is love. That's it. We don't really exaggerate to people, yes, God is love. But because of the amazing sacrifice that he did for us, the only thing that we're able to do for the Lord to show him our true satisfaction to him, to show him how truly we have embraced what he has done for us, is by giving our very self back to God as a living sacrifice. Amen. Are y'all with me? Amen. How many of us have truly given God ourselves as a living sacrifice? You know, I went to a concert with my sisters last night. It was Kingdom Tour. Maverick City was in town. And there was a particular pastor who was preaching. And what he said was the truth. Worship is not just a song. Worship is just, it's not just a poem. Worship is your life. Worship is a lifestyle. Worship is what you do in your life for the glory of God. Amen? Amen. My friends, God wants to challenge you tonight. He doesn't want you to experience a half full life. He wants you to experience life to the fullness. But I would be lying to you if I told you you would experience life to the fullness if you don't properly define love tonight. How many of us will truly properly define love based on scripture? And we won't settle for what the world tells us love is. For far too long, we've been settling with the ways of the world. What did the ways of the world do for you? It, did it give you more freedom? Or did it give you more bondage? The world is a tricky place. And people of God, if you don't open your eyes tonight, you're going to be greatly deceived. Because a lot of times we think that the enemy, and we, we think that darkness... Looks like darkness. It does not. Darkness is a form of light, but it's a fake light. The Bible says they will have a form of godliness, but deny the power thereof. In other words, they will show you at times they believe in God. They will show you at times they believe in God, or perhaps they believe in the universe, or they will show you Yes, they believe that everybody should be treated equally. All men are the same. But yet you know what, do, what they deny? They deny the very creator that made them. They deny the very gospel of Jesus Christ that can set them free. They say that they know love. But guess what? They deny love. The world don't know love, my friends. But who's going to tell them? What love is. It's up to us to tell the world what love is. And so tonight, you're not just here to define love just for yourself, of course. That's one of the reasons why you're here today. But you're here as well to be empowered to define love to the world. The way we've done church is over. We can't do church the same no more. 
We can't do relationships the same way. God wants us to go to the next level. And for you to go to that next level, you have to be the embodiment of love. You have to study that particular passage. I encourage for those of you who are listening to the online broadcast, and for those of you who are present today, before you step foot in 2023, make it an obligation for yourself to study 1 Corinthians chapter 13, line by line. And as you're studying it, pray to God as they follow God. Reveal to me your love. Reveal to me how to love. In a past session, I want to go ahead and quickly share it with you because it's also related to this topic tonight. I was explaining to people one of the things that we assume is the reason for dysfunctional relationships and marriages and the reason for divorce is not really the reason at all. The number one reason for broken relationships, for dysfunctional relationships, for dysfunctional marriages, and for divorces is what? People don't know how to love. And not only that, many people, they enter relationships and marriage for love, not to love. There's a major difference. I don't want to sugarcoat nothing tonight. Tonight, I want to make sure that everybody who is present in this place and everybody who is viewing the live broadcast, that your marriage, your future marriage, will glorify God. And not only will it glorify God, but when people see your future marriage, they will know that God is the one who's the author of that marriage. Amen? Amen. I don't want your future marriage to end in divorce. This it ends today. I want indeed for your future marriage to bear good fruits. And for those of you who perhaps are already married, but you see for real your marriage needs a push, your marriage needs a renewal. I want you to take this message to heart and also begin to study 1 Corinthians chapter 13 and say to yourself, have I been patient? Have I been kind? Have I been persevering? Or have I just quit after the first fight or argument? Did I humble myself? Because one of the things that love does, the scripture says, it says love does not keep no record of wrongs. Amen? And so that means love is forgiving. In order for any relationship to work, you have to be forgiving. And the easiest way you can be forgiving I'm not a married individual, but by the grace of God, the Bible is the manual of life. And it tells you every aspect of life and how to function in every aspect of life and see it be successful and go through. If you find yourself as a married couple and you're seeing things are not going the way that you want them to go, and you don't know what to do, and you see it's hard for you to forgive your partner, this is my challenge for you tonight. Go back to your vows. A lot of times when people are fighting, they don't go back to their vows. They forgot the vows. But what did you say in your vows? When you go back to your vows, you'll begin to see it soften your hearts because it shows you to begin with why you married that person. And so when you see the reason why you married that person, you say, I need to keep my word. Love is what? Love is also faithful. And for you to be able to manage a prospering relationship or manage a prospering marriage, you and your partner have to be faithful. Amen? To each other. 
you have to be in agreement and see each other as partners, that you guys are a team, you guys are not against one another, you guys are not each other's enemies, but you guys are each other's partners, you want the best for your partner, and your partner should want the best for you. Amen? Amen. And so again, I encourage each and every one of you who is listening to this message, please, I'm telling you, don't get into a relationship or a marriage for love, but get into the relationship to love. I'm going to show you why as well, another reason why. If you have your Bible, go ahead and open it to Song of Solomon, chapter 8, verse 4. This is what it says. It says, I tell you, O daughters of Jerusalem, you must not wake up, my love, until it is pleasing to her. There's other parts in the book of Solomon where it uses this terminology or this language, do not awaken love or do not arouse love. Why is this so important? Because when we're talking about genuine love, guys, when we're truly talking about genuine love, genuine love, it's not, it's not an emotion per se. Emotion is not powerful enough. Genuine love is power. And so, if you're not ready for love, but yet you're showing as if you're ready for love, when you go into that relationship, you're not going to be able to bear the weight of that relationship. You guys following? Mm -hmm. And because you're not going to be able to bear the weight of that relationship, that's what happens when people say to themselves, I can't do this anymore. Because again, they, they have an ideal image, right, of what marriage will be what marriage is. They have an ideal image of what relationship is. But again, they're looking at it from a distorted view. And what I mean by distorted view, they're looking at it from a half-truth. It's either they're looking at it from a fleshly perspective or they're looking at it from a worldly perspective. What is the fleshly perspective? The fleshly perspective says, because you're in this presence, right, of this person, you're with this individual, you say, oh my goodness, we have chemistry. Oh my gosh, you look fine, you're so beautiful. So this is your flesh speaking. And there's not a sin in that when you find somebody attractive. But you're gonna come to find, the more you begin to learn about this person, you're gonna, at times, you're gonna see the attraction that you have for them physically begin to decrease. Why does it begin to decrease? It's because their, char their character reveals who they are. That person may seem to be a pleasant individual they seem to be beautiful on the outside. They seem to be handsome on the outside. But the more you get to know them, you're like, man, it's so disrespectful. <laughs> My gosh. You're so selfish. Right? And so, one of the reasons why that particular scripture, Song of Solomon, verse, chapter 8, verse 4 says, do not arouse love before it's time. Because again, guys, it doesn't give God any pleasure as well to see your heart broken. It doesn't give God pleasure to see you go into a, a season prematurely that you cannot manage. Because the weight of that season is unbearable to you because you did not allow God to properly develop your character in past seasons. For my young people, I know at times your hormones is increasing. But I care more about your heart than your hormones, okay? Meaning, 
I don't want you to go into a certain situation that you know is not godly, that you know is not God's will for you, that later down the line is going to cause you heartbreak. And not just heartbreak, forgive me, Lord. I'm going to tell you like this. Unfortunately, many people lost their lives due to relationships. Many people have lost their lives due to the hand of another individual that claimed love them. Love them? You sure that person loved you? You see why it's so important for us to go back to scripture so we can see what love is, to define love? You being of that person, you say you love that person? That's not love. You cursing that person, you say you love that person? That's not love. You're forcing that person to do something they don't want to do? That's not love. And God does not want none of us that is present today to be the reason why we die prematurely, to be the reason why our hearts is broken. I care about each and every one of you guys who's present today. Your life truly matters to me. And you sacrificing your time, especially during a time of inflation. You know, gas prices are going up, they're not going down. You sacrifice your time to be here. For those of you who are watching online, you sacrifice your sleep to watch. And I don't take that lightly. And God sees your effort. God sees you have a curiosity to know what love is because you don't want a fickle love. You don't want a superficial love. You don't want a fake love. You want the real thing, amen? We tired of the fake. We tired of the hypocrisy. We, we're tired of the, uh, of the short term. We want something that is long term. We want something that is a lifetime. We want something that is going to outlast us, right? We want something that our children could exemplify, our future children could exemplify. Amen? Amen. And so, as I begin to quickly close out, this message. I really want you to keep in mind everything we discussed today. Because something that we often do when we go to concerts or conferences or you know workshops, webinars, we're feeling it in the moment. But as soon as we exit that door, everything we can't remember. But I really want all of us to remember what we discussed tonight. And one of the reasons why I want you to remember that, if you have your Bible to First uh, Corinthians chapter 13, I want to show you something that particular passage says about love. Go to verse 13, 1 Corinthians chapter 13, verse 13. This is what it says, y'all. This is Paul speaking. But everything that Paul has discussed in this passage is truly by the inspiration of the Holy Spirit. He says, and now these three remain. Faith, hope, and love. But the greatest of these is love. The greatest of these is love. If you have a highlighter, quickly highlight it. That 
particular scripture. That particular scripture, it already revealed what you need in life to overcome. It already revealed to you what's going to keep you in safety when this world continues to grow in wickedness. Faith, hope, and love. But what's truly powerful, even though these three will remain, out of the three, it says the greatest is love. So we see just like faith, love is a currency. You may not be where you want to be financially, but I'm going to be straight up honest with you. If love is your currency, lack is not the end for you. Lack is not the end for you. And I can prove it to you through scripture. Joseph found himself in multiple seasons of life where lack was among him. His own brother sell him to slavery. Then after that, he finds himself in a pit of darkness. But because he had the love of God in him and he was obedient to God in every season, guess what? God promoted him. God allowed him now to have the currency of wealth. That shows you when you're someone who embodies love, you are rich. You may be poor in a season, but I'm telling you, my brothers and sisters, you are rich. Love, the same way that the Bible says your gift will make room for you, guess what? Love will make room for you. You will never really see someone who's full of love is going to be in the same predicament all their lives. It's impossible. Absolutely impossible. The scripture tells us we are children of God because, again, we walk in the ways of love. It says to us in Scripture, God is love. And those who love, they belong to God, their Father. They don't belong to the devil. The Bible makes it clear the devil is a liar, and all lies come from him. And everybody who walks in ungodliness and wickedness, they belong to the devil. Whether they, whether they claim to be for the devil or not, their action speaks for them. Are you guys following me? Amen. So when you love, your love speaks for you. Your love speaks for you even before you meet certain people. Some people don't even know you personally. But because the way that you love another individual, they're speaking good things about you. And they say, my goodness, I can't wait to bless this individual. Amen? Mm -hmm. Don't get it twisted. Love is a currency. And love is greater than money. Because love is eternal. Amen? Love is eternal. Just like you see, even faith is, is eternal. So when you're someone who truly embodies love, you have love. You even have a piece of heaven. Because the lifestyle of heaven is a lifestyle of love. The Bible says there's no, there's no hate, there's no wickedness, there's no evil in heaven. Heaven is perfection. Amen? And so I want to go ahead and close. I want you guys to um, have an opportunity before I close. If you have any questions for me, this is your opportunity to ask me any questions that you have. But if you don't have any questions for tonight, you're welcome to send your questions when you do have them to my email address, jlpnetworks1 at gmail.com. I'll spell it out for you. J L P. N-E-T-W-O-R-K-S-1 at gmail.com. 
And I'll be happy by the grace of God to answer them for you. You guys may stand up. We're going to go ahead and close. We're going to close with prayer and benediction. But before I close, again, I want to just thank you again for coming out to this year's conference. If you guys were blessed by this message, give God a hand clap. If you were blessed amen, by this amen, message, amen, 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 amen. I pray that you receive everything that was shared. I pray that the Lord will continue to cause you to remember what was shared and you'll begin to apply them to your everyday life. I want you guys to understand that God loves you, that God has the best for you. Remain in love. And the way you can truly remain in love is by remaining in Christ. Before I even go ahead and say the closing remarks, the closing prayer and benediction, if you're watching live right now, and if you're even present in this place, if you have not yet accepted Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior of your life, if what was shared is brand new to you, you have no idea that truly love is not defined in this way and that this is a real definition of love, I want you to have this chance to go ahead and accept Jesus Christ into your life. I want you to say this prayer. Lord Jesus, Jesus I repent of my sins. I, repent of my sins. I ask you to wash me of all unrighteousness. I ask you to fill me with your Holy Spirit. Today, I make you my Lord and Savior. In your name I pray. Amen. I want to go ahead and just pray for all of you guys. Please close your eyes. I'm going to just pray as the Holy Spirit leads me to pray for each and every one of you who are present and who are watching via online. Heavenly Father, I thank you for giving us the opportunity to be able to speak this message to your people tonight. The message in regards to defining love, love defined. So many people are God. They hear the term. But unfortunately, many people don't really know the true definition. The true definition, Lord God, is found in your word. Thank you for revealing to us the true definition today. And Lord, I don't want us to leave this place the same. I pray that you will bless us to become the embodiment of love, just like Jesus was the embodiment of love when he was on the earth. I pray that when people see us, oh God, that they don't see us, but that they see Christ in us, that they see Jesus. And that the way that we love will truly motivate and inspire people to truly to say, my goodness, you are walking in freedom. Despite the way your circumstances are, you still have joy. I want that joy. I pray that that would give them the opportunity to accept your son, Jesus Christ, into their lives as Lord and Savior. Lord, I don't know the hearts of those who showed up today, but you know their hearts. I don't know the hearts of those who are online, but, but Lord, you know their hearts. You know what they've been praying about. You know what they've been asking about. Oh God, I just pray that you would reveal yourself to them in such a mighty way, oh God, even before this year comes to an end. I pray that they would testify of your goodness and faithfulness in the land of the living. Oh Lord, I give you my life. And you say that those who belong to you, God, they will say anything in your name, it will be done according to your will for them, God. That you will do whatever it is that they ask in your name. Lord God, I pray for each individual who came, who came to this conference, Lord God, physically. 
And I pray for those who are watching online and even for those who will catch the replay. I prophesy into their lives. I pray that for each of them, God, that they will have, Lord God, relationships and they will have, Lord God, friendships and they will have marriages, oh God, that was authored by you. That their future relationships, friendships, and marriages, oh God, will glorify you in every way. That they will bear good fruit, oh God. That there will not be negative reports, but only good reports, oh God. I pray that, Lord, that you will bless their marriages, Lord God, to shine your light on the earth. That when people see them, God, that they will see this is not an ordinary couple, but that this is a supernatural couple. That when people see these two friends together, Lord, they will know that this is not a superficial friendship, but this is a genuine friendship because they are walking in genuine love according to your word. Lord, may this be for your glory, oh God. I pray, oh God. That there will be an outpour of testimonies of people, Lord God, even those, Lord, that you know that their heart is for you. They've been delighting in you, and they've been saying, when is my turn, oh God? I prophesy to their lives, oh God, that many of them, Lord God, will come back and say, my goodness, God did it for me. This is my prayer for them, oh God. And Lord, I've been standing on this prayer, oh God, to the beginning of this year, even prior. I've been praying, oh God, interceding for people. I may not know exactly what breakthrough that they are praying for. I may not know exactly what season they're in. I may not know how long they've been single. I may not know how long they've been waiting for their marriage to be restored. But I'm praying, oh God, for your glory, that you would do it for them according to your will. God, it is your desire, God, for your children to be prosperous in every way. And you have shown us in your word in Genesis chapter 2, it is not good for men to be alone. For those, oh God, who are saying again, Lord God, when is going to be their turn? You say, God, you 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 place the lonely in families. That's what you say in your word, God. You place the lonely in families. So many people, they feel they're alone. They feel, Lord God, they're not around people who are for them. I pray, oh God, that this would be the end of the day that they feel this way. I pray that you would bring the right people to their lives, the right destiny partners into their lives, the right, Lord God, spouse into their lives, Lord God. I pray you would do it for your glory, oh God. We don't say this prayer because we are perfect. We don't say it because we're without sin, but we say it in humility, knowing that only you can bring it to pass. God, I pray you would do this for your people tonight, God. I pray that you use them for your glory. I pray as we begin, Lord God, to close this, this conference, Lord. I pray for the future conferences to come, God. That you would grant it to have a double portion of your anointing. That those who sit there themselves, Lord God, in this place when we're having these conferences and these sessions, Lord God, or whatever you lead us to, to do for your glory, God, that people will know that God is here. And that this, Lord God, ministry, this platform, Lord God, is one for the Lord to set people free. To, to set people free, to give people encouragement, to point them to you. Lord, bless your people tonight. Protect them, Lord God. Bless them to end this year strong. Bless them to have a prosperous 